Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 26 of Genesis chapter 8. And we're continuing to look at the last three verses, beginning in verse 20. And Noah builded an altar unto Jehovah, and took of every clean beast, and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And Jehovah smelled a sweet savor, and Jehovah said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, neither will I again smite any more everything living, as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Well, in our last study, we were looking at the historical action that Noah took in building the altar, taking of every clean animal, every clean beast and fowl, and offering burnt offerings on the altar, which is sacrifice. The first act, we noticed, performed in the new world after coming out of the ark was to build an altar and offer sacrifice upon the altar. And we began to look at the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ that the Bible tells us was um, made, Christ's sacrifice in paying for sin, was fulfilled. It was a finished work at the foundation of the world. We saw that there are direct statements in the Bible to that regard. Revelation 13, verse 8 tells us that Jesus is that lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Hebrews 4, verse 3 confirms that the works were finished also from the foundation of the world. Now I want to read that verse in Hebrews again because it's it's uh, interesting the way that the finished works are related to the Sabbath. It says in Hebrews 4, in verse 3, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Now notice that it's speaking of rest, and rest identifies with the Sabbath day, with God's resting after performing six days of work in creating the world and universe. He rested on the seventh day, and and he established the seventh day Sabbath, the day of rest. From the very beginning, from the very first week of creation, and that seventh day Old Testament Sabbath continued 
all the way into the year 33 AD. And so it really was in effect for 11,045 years that, that God commanded. It was the law of God that people were to observe every seventh day as a day of rest. Now, whether or not people did it is, is not the point. The, the point is God commanded it. That was the proper thing for cr- the creature created in the image of God to do to rest on the seventh day. Why such uh, an enormous emphasis upon this this day of rest from from the beginning of the world? God focuses mankind every seven days, every week of every month of every year for over eleven thousand years. Here comes that day of rest around one more time. Stop all work. No longer uh, work on your farm, or well, you have to do certain necessary work, but no longer do the job you you've been doing throughout the week to make money. Instead, focus on rest. Uh, do not work. Well, the reason God gave that day of rest is found here in Hebrews four, in verse three. Uh, again, as I have sworn in my wrath if they shall enter into my rest. Now, this rest is also making reference to the promised land. The entry into the promised land of Canaan is identified with Sabbath rest because it points to the new heaven and new earth. And God's people, historically the people of Israel, as they crossed Jordan and entered into that promised land, it was a historical parable that taught of God's elect that will one day cross over out of this world into the next. And how will they do it? Upon dry ground. Just as Noah and all within the ark came out upon dry ground into a new earth. The Israelites crossed the dry riverbed of Jordan and entered into the promised land into God's rest, but that rest again, as well as the seventh day rest, points to Jesus Christ's work of atonement. As it says here, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The foundation of the world. That's really what the Sabbath day, the the day that uh, God instituted, the, the day that was to be observed by mankind, and no work was to be performed on that day, the Sabbath day rest was a sign. It was a law given by God to instruct people that the necessary work for salvation that is, the payment for their sins, was completed. It was completed. The work was done, the payment for their sin, according to the law's demands, and the law demanded death. That's 
the only acceptable payment, the wages of sin is death, that was accomplished, and therefore right away at the creation of the world, God establishes the Sabbath rest to teach mankind that the work is already finished, it's already over and done with, you can do no work, the the work has been completed. And so, it says, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. And that fits in with Revelation 13, 8 statement that Christ was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It was Jesus's work of atonement, the death he died, bearing the sins of his people, paying for their sins, that established the foundation. You know, this is why saying from the foundation of the world is important and much more accurate than saying before the foundation of the world. Because his death formed the basis of that foundation. It was itself the foundation of the world. And and so if we say, well, Jesus was a lamb slain before the foundation, that's not accurate. It's giving us um, the wrong idea that he died and then the world's foundation was formed and we're incorrectly thinking that the foundation of the world is somehow related to the creation of the world, to God speaking and bringing everything into existence, like the building of a house. It, uh, we're connecting something that really is not to be connected. It is his death. It is his dying for sin and his resurrection after paying for sin that is the foundation. It, it, it is upon that. Remember the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He himself is the foundation. But not just Christ in in the sense uh, that he is God. Yes, he absolutely needed to be God. But Christ is the foundation because he died and then rose from the dead, declared to be the Son of God. And it, it is that death and resurrection that is the foundation. It was the foundation in place for God then continuing on to create. Again, Jesus died in eternity past at some point, which is a mystery to us. And we uh, just cannot grasp the idea of points in eternity past. The Bible tells us that God has had mercy upon his people from eternity past, or from everlasting, to eternity future, to everlasting. And it was at some point in 
eternity past and everlasting past, Christ died, and that settled, it established, it formed the basis of the foundation for the earth. Not just this earth, but for the earth that we're looking forward to today, as we live on this cursed world in a cursed creation, we're looking ahead with hope and expectation to a new earth and a new heaven, a new creation. And Christ's death from the foundation of the world is also the foundation of that world to come. That's why in Genesis chapter 2, we have this odd, strange, or unusual language, as it says, again, with the focus on the Sabbath day of rest. It says in Genesis 2, in verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. So God worked six days, and he completed his creative work. Verse 2, And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. The Lord again. Why did he rest? Was he tired? Was he weary from from labor? Um, because it took so much out of him to create the world and the universe? Well, we don't get that at all from from the account. When we read Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis 2, we we read and and God spoke and and all of a sudden um sun moon and stars appear. God spoke and and this happened and that happened. And no, the Bible tells us that God does not get tired and is not weary. He's not like man. We expend our energy and we need to rest and and renew uh, in order to gain strength for the next day. God's not like that. And so this all-powerful, almighty God, first of all, took his time in creating over the span of six days. He could have done it all on day one in moment one, everything that he did in six days. But he very deliberately created um, one aspect of the creation on day one, and then day two, something else, throughout the course of the six days. And then, very deliberately, with full purpose, God ceases to work. He's completed the creation, and on the seventh day, he rests. He rested on the seventh day, verse 2 says, from all his work which he had made. And again, it's not because he he was tired, exhausted, and needed to rest. That had nothing to do with it. But he was resting in order to teach, in order to illustrate 
the works were finished, as Hebrews 4.3 tells us, from the foundation of the world. And, and here is the rest that the finished work provides. That is, Christ's death and sacrifice, his atoning work on behalf of his elect people, was performed at the foundation of the world, providing Sabbath rest, providing a rest of salvation for the people that would be predestinated to obtain it, the whole company of the elect, they would enter into that rest and and they would obtain this wonderful, glorious salvation and they would obtain it without performing the slightest bit of work. And, And the Bible makes a point of emphasizing anyone who does even the tiniest bit the the smallest um performance of of anything that that touches upon a work like picking up a few sticks and it will bring death to the individual no the the rest is complete and total there there is nothing that the individual that is chosen by God to obtain that salvation does whatsoever no work of any kind. It is all been done for them and all that they will experience is this rest. They will rest in the finished work of Christ and that work was finished from the foundation of the world. And so God rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And it says in verse 3, And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. And again, it's a wonderful fact of history that God created the world in six days and then rested the seventh day. But it's also a wonderful truth that he did so in order to provide a living illustration of his salvation program, of what Christ had already accomplished at the foundation of the world and and so forth. And so God establishes the Sabbath day. Well, then it says in verse 4 of Genesis 2, these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that Jehovah God made the earth and the heavens. And we've talked about this before, and I've pointed out that Mr. Camping, in a booklet that he wrote called The Glorious Garden of Eden, points out that in verse 4, that it's unusual because God first speaks of the generations of the heavens of the earth when they were created in the day Jehovah God made the earth and the heavens. He See how the Lord reverses the word order. In the first part of the verse, it's heaven and earth. In the second part of the verse, it's earth and heavens. And the second part, the earth and the heavens, 
is not found that often in that particular word order, and when we follow it, it directs us to Revelation 20 at a time when this present earth, this present world and universe is passing away, and the new world, the new universe, is coming into existence. And so in that um, nice little booklet, Mr. Camping points out that this this truth that God established the new heaven and new earth at the same time he established our present heavens and earth and, and then established the new earth and heavens. And it all depends upon Christ sacrifice at the foundation of the world. Notice in Genesis 2, 4, these are the generations, and uh, that word generations can be translated as beginnings. These are the beginnings of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that Jehovah God made the earth and the heavens. And the day is... If we think about it, at the foundation of the world, there there was no time, there was no day. But in Psalm 118, it says in verse 24, This is the day which Jehovah hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And this reference today, or the day, is a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, the day of salvation. It's actually a reference to what we read or ties in with Mark 2 and verse 27. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath, it doesn't say day, but that's what the Sabbath is. The Sabbath day was made for man. This is the day the Lord has made. God rests after working six days. He rests on the seventh day Sabbath. This day God has made. The Sabbath was made for man. That is the rest of Christ's finished work was made in order to provide salvation for the elect chosen by God's grace according to his good pleasure, that is the day. It says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And that gets us right back into the the whole discussion of Christ dying, uh, bearing sins at the foundation of the world, uh, completing payment for them, rising from the dead, as Romans chapter 1 tells us in verses 3 and 4, it is through the resurrection of the dead that he is declared to be the Son of God. Well, thou art my son. That's the declaration. The declaration of God. That was made 
in eternity past, at the point of Christ rising up from the dead, he is the firstborn at that time. It, uh, you know, when when a man has a child, a, a new baby is born as soon as it comes forth. This is my son. You don't wait until they're 20 years old. It's immediate. As soon as birth has been experienced, the, the child is, at that point, the son. And as soon as Christ rose up and came to life, he was risen, resurrected from the dead. He was the firstborn son of God, declared by the Father, this is my begotten Son. Uh, Thou art my Son. This day have I begotten thee. He became the day of salvation, the essence of it. He became the Sabbath day. That is, Christ Jesus is the foundation for all that would follow. He is the rest that all of his people would find. And he is the essence of it. That's why God uses this language. He he embodies all these things. Now that all happened in eternity past. Then, again, we don't understand progression from point to point. In eternity past, very well, if at all. But that happened at some point in eternity past. And then... At another point, God finally determines, now I will create the world. And he created this world, of course, knowing the end from the beginning, knowing of the fall of man, a creature created in his image, and his redemption program to redeem certain ones, and and to make them sons and daughters, and, and, and so forth. God knew all that, so Christ's finished work was the foundation. It formed the basis for this world, for everything that ever happened in this world. And then when this world is finally destroyed and the new heaven and new earth are formed and come into existence and God brings his people into that beautiful new creation... It is upon the same foundation. It's the same foundation. It is the atonement that Jesus made when he died as the lamb, the, the acceptable sacrifice from the foundation of the world. And it is the foundation. Christ is the only foundation. There can be no other that God has established and that the new heaven and new earth is built upon. And that's why the very first thing Noah does, and Noah's a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, when he comes out of the ark into a new world, he, he performs an act of sacrifice. He, uh, he offers up animals as a burnt offering upon the altar, directing our attention to this truth, to to this absolute fact that Christ's death is also the reason why there will be a new heaven and new earth. It is the death 
at the foundation of, of the world that really has brought his people into everlasting life. And, and so we're reminded from the start, and this is the gospel, it is the wonderful, magnificent salvation plan of God that he has not only looked into the future regarding this world, but also regarding the next world forevermore. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.